This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Reds are on the radio. Now the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Well, uh, good evening to everybody, and we welcome you to the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Great crowd tonight here at the Holy Grail Banks. It's a really great place. I mean, if you ever come down to a ball game, somewhere to hang out, you're literally right across the street on Joe Nuxall Way from the Reds Team Shop, the Hall of Fame and Museum, the entrance, the gates into Great American Ballpark. It doesn't get any better. So come on in. You can get something to eat, something to drink. Come see us once the regular season gets started. We've been here all winter long, and tonight is our final show from the Holy Grail Banks. It's hard to believe. Pitchers and catchers have reported. We have position players, and the games start next week. The first game, I believe, is this weekend, this week. go about getting ready for the season and you know did that kind of work last year and I've done that the last seven or eight years and done that the last 30 years and this doesn't work anymore and you know it's funny this offseason so much has gone on when I sat down the last few days just really start zeroing in on getting ready for the season they've signed so many guys that, that you almost forget about the first one or two guys they signed because there's been so much going on oh yeah that's right they, they, they signed the outfielder from Japan Oh, that's right. They brought in Wade Miley. He's going to be the number four starter for the team this year. It's been pretty amazing. And I know everywhere it seems like we go, and I see so many of you, whether it's going to UDF or going to Kroger or just hanging out uh, in and around town, that the the buzz for the Reds here in 2020 is uh, unlike really anything I can remember. We had those playoff trips where we went three years in a row and four out of five. But you knew all the same players were pretty much coming back outside of when we made the trade for Scott Rowland. But now all of a sudden, it's conceivable on opening day that there could be four brand-new guys out on the field that weren't even with his franchise a year ago. All right, we've made connection with Tommy Thrall. Thomas, how is everything in Goodyear, Arizona? It has been 
stellar. I mean, the weather is tremendous out here. Uh, and I tell you what, a lot of excitement in camp this year. It's, it's been really fun to see the energy and uh, the excitement. It, it, it's really tremendous. You know, Tommy, try, try to put that into a picture for us, if you would. When you say, you know, there's a lot of excitement, I think it's easy to say that every team goes into spring training, you're optimistic about what your team might or might not be able to do, and so everybody's just excited that baseball is back. But, but what has struck you over the last couple of days since you've been out there more than anything else? It might be a little bit different than, than maybe somebody else's spring training. Yeah, you know, I, I had that conversation with David Bell the other day, and it's really hard to put your finger on specifically what it is. I think the biggest thing is everybody, you know, feels just accountable for their job. Um, everybody's focused on, on what they're supposed to be doing and what they need to do. And, and, you know, when you're focused like that and you come into camp with the expectation that you're supposed to win, nobody has to tell you what to do. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Um, and it, it just seems like that there's there's a lot of energy to it. I, I talked to Travis Jankowski about it today a little bit too, and, and I said, how is this different than a Padres camp? You know, that's what he's used to. And he said, sure. it's, it's very laid back, but at the same time, it's very focused, if that makes sense. He said, you know, over there, maybe you're, you're, you're doing a lot of work, but it's not necessarily productive work. Uh, here, everything is purposeful. Uh, everything is running very efficiently. It's a very tight camp. Uh, there's no wasted time, no wasted energy. And uh, like I said, everybody's just everybody's here with a sense of energy, ready to go, laid back, loose, relaxed, having fun. And uh, you can tell that they, they know that they're, they're supposed to win and that this is going to be a big year for this team. Our number to dial if you would like to join us on the uh, program tonight is 513-749-1360, 513-749-1360. For the first 30 minutes, we're going to be on both 700 WLW and WKRC 550 along the entire Reds radio network as well. And then once University of Cincinnati basketball gets started tonight, they'll be at home, I believe, against UCF tonight. Uh, big game for the Bearcats. Then we will stay on 55 KRC for the rest of the time. Now, Thomas, you are going to, uh, you've already done an interview with Nick Senzel that we're going to be airing a little bit later on, but let's start with some of the guys and how they look to you physically that are coming back from injury. Let's start with Eugenio Suarez, who just had shoulder surgery after an incident in a swimming pool with one of his children. How does he look to you? He looks great. You talk about a guy with a lot of energy. Of course, he's always had that energy. He doesn't look yeah, he does. at all. Um, he, he, he's, just, he's just out there having a good time like everything's normal. The only thing is he's just not throwing yet. Uh, he's taking some one-handed swings. I asked David today if it looked like he would be ready for opening day, and they seem to think that everything right now, uh, barring any setbacks, he'd still be ready to go. Um, they didn't have a specific timetable on when he's going to get back to full activities or when we'd see him in some spring training games, but he seemed to think that as long as everything stayed on schedule with no setbacks, that, that there's no reason that he wouldn't be able to go by opening day. They still feel like they're, even though he's going to get a late start here uh, in games and camp, that he'll get enough game action to be ready to go. Tom, maybe I, maybe I missed you saying this. I know you said he's not throwing. Is he able to swing the bat? Did you say that? He's only doing one-handed swings right now. He's not he's not okay. swinging with both okay. arms yet. So All right. yeah, he's he's still doing that. Uh, not back to 100% with a swing yet. But he is he is swinging the bat a little bit, just not just not full strength with both arms. 
All right, how about Jesse Winker? He was on the program with uh, the two of us last week and said he's ready to roll. He, he spent the entire offseason here in Cincinnati uh, rehabbing and getting himself in shape to, to be ready to uh, from the start. Does it look that way to you? Definitely. I, he was at the cage the other day, and I, I even made a comment to him. I said, Jesse, you look he looked really good. I mean, he looks leaner than normal. He looks like he's in the best shape. I think we've probably seen him in as a red so, uh, since he's been in the big leagues, really, for that matter. So I think he, he worked hard this offseason, you can tell, and he credits uh, the strength and conditioning staff, Sean and, and Zach, do a great job, and he credits them a lot with, with really getting him in probably the best shape he's been at this point. Um, looks good, looks healthy. He's 100%, so I think he's ready to go out and – and prove that he can be an everyday player, which is obviously going to be a tough task given how crowded the outfield is. But, but he, he seems to have a little chip on his shoulder, ready to go out and, and prove something. All right, Thomas, if you don't mind, if you can stick around for one more segment before we get to your interview with Nick Senzel, that would be great. You okay to do so? I, I would love nothing more. All right, my main man, Tommy Thrall. Red season ticket plans now started just 13 games. A new 13-game membership gives you great seats for all Saturday home game, plus guaranteed opening day and postseason ticket options. And with the flexibility of the season ticket exchange program, if you can't make it on a Saturday, trade it for another game. For additional information, visit Reds.com membership. Back with more for the Reds Hot Stove League from the Holy Grail Banks, brought to you by Budweiser and UDF. After this, timeout. Alrighty, we're back at the Holy Grail Banks. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. I'm Tom Brenneman, joined by the radio voice of the Cincinnati Reds. Sounds kind of weird, doesn't it, after 47 years of, of introducing Marty Brenneman that way, who, by the way, has been on a tour up and down the West Coast that uh, most of us dream about going on. Started up in Oregon. Spent the night in a couple of lighthouses along the coast. Drove down to Northern California. Stayed a couple of more nights at another lighthouse along the coast. He had never been to Carmel, California. Went down there for three or four days. Had never been to Santa Barbara, California. Stayed down there for a few. I haven't seen him in like two months. And, uh, and I understand, Tommy Thrall, that he just rolled into Arizona today. He did. He did. I, we, we have had Marty Brenneman sighting. Saw him today, and, uh, you know, it sounds like that trip along the Pacific Coast Highway uh, was a lot better in theory than in practice. <laughs> I, think they got, I, think, I think the patients got tested a couple of times on, on some of those roads. So oh, they may have that, that, would, that would not be a surprise at all. Yeah, no, not even. That would bit. not. But no, yeah, he. Uh, not, he got into town today. He seems uh, obviously he's glad to be here. And and you you know better than anybody. This is this is probably his favorite time of the season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He loves spring training. There's no doubt about it. And he yeah. loves Arizona. I mean, he was as heartbroken as anybody when the franchise left Sarasota, Florida, and went to Arizona. Now I think he's pretty much fallen in love with the place. Let's get back to the team for a minute. We're going to have the interview you have with Senzel, so we'll skip over him for a minute. But you know, you were starting to talk about this camp. Uh, the the Reds reported later than just about every team in baseball, maybe every team in baseball. But but all of this is by design that David Bella, now his second year as a manager, wants to run spring training differently than those he's been a part of as a player, as a coach, or even as a first-year manager, right? Yeah, he's just, you know, he's really kind of 
come to the realization that you, you, just because you're showing up early doesn't mean you're getting more work in. Uh, you know, the, the term we like to use is eyewash. And I think, I think the realistic yeah. aspect is a lot of it, when you're showing up that early, that's what it is. I mean, you're just, you're just there almost to be seen rather than getting actual work done. And, and it seems like they've, they've kind of figured out, you know, if we report a little later, give guys a little bit more time to get fresh, um, not maybe quite as spent by the time the season rolls around, and they're sharp rather than tired. Uh, you can work. You can work more efficiently. You can you can have better practice as opposed to just more practice. And I think that's that's what they're looking at right now. And this is a big year, and it's not just the whole season. The start's going to be really important for this team. And this is all from what David said by design to get off to a fast start, as opposed to the slow starts that this team's been getting off to really in the last several years much was made about the first day in camp of uh, Shogo Akiyama what is uh, well, what's it like because uh, for those of us that have been uh, fortunate enough to be around baseball for a long long time and saw you know Hideo Nomo come to the United States uh, saw many many others uh, Fernando Valenzuela coming up from Mexico and and and, and, and especially now the, the, the Asian players that have come over and the following in the media of those Asian players by Asian media, Japanese media in this particular case, it, 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 are, are, they li- are, are like the reporters following him everywhere? Is it one of those kind of scenes, like a paparazzi kind of thing, or, or it's pretty subdued? It, definitely. At the, at the complex, everywhere he goes, they go. It, it, it's, really, it's really wild. I mean, there's, I, I would say, 10 to 15 members of the Japanese media that are here, um, which more than doubles the normal contingent, uh, especially once you get the TV folks out here from Cincinnati. So it more than really doubles the the normal media following. Uh, But they are. They're locked in on him. If he's doing drills in the outfield, they're on the field, cameras going, keeping an eye on him. Uh, If he's in the cage, they're locked in on him taking his swings. and, And then he's doing daily media hits with them as well. And they've all been very, very nice, uh, very cordial. Great group. We all went to dinner together the other night. They, uh, all the Japanese media members came out as well. So it's been fun to kind of get to know some of them and, and hear their stories. And it's not an easy task for those guys that are, that are covering him because, you know, each, each day they've got to send some, something back, some sort of report on yeah. Shogo specifically. There's not a whole lot going on every day with him. So no. got for him, but uh, they're doing a good job, and, and he's done a great job with them as well. And they said he has been extremely accommodating for everybody. You know, I'm not asking you to give me necessarily a scouting report or the Reds fans a scouting report because, you know, like you said, there's really not a lot going on. But, but when you just sit around and watch him and you're standing around a batting cage and you watch him swing the bat, you watch him do some drills in the outfield, I mean, well, what kind of player does he strike you as far as just physically? I mean, would you describe him as very athletic? Would you describe him uh, in another way? You know, what, what have just been your initial impressions when you just see him in uniform on the field being a baseball player? I think athletic. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it. He seems very athletic. Um, saw him doing a few outfield drills uh, yesterday or today. He looks like he moves around fine. You know, we, we, we've heard that he could probably still play from center field but maybe he slowed down a little bit. He, he still moves around really well. Um, at the plate, saw him today. It was really the first swings I've seen him take, and I was over on another field. By the time I got over there, he was just wrapping up and then bat against Sonny Gray, and we saw him obviously all last year. At this point, I think mm-hmm. the pitchers are slightly ahead of the hitters, so 
Sonny made Shogo look pretty bad today at the plate. Didn't see him get a lot of really good swings um, off of him. But again, that that you can't you can't really draw much of a conclusion from that. But I haven't seen him swing the bat a whole lot. Uh, but in the outfield, he looks fine. Yeah, I would say the best way to describe him is is athletic. He's certainly not a power guy, um, but he he still has uh, some speed, some athleticism, and and I think I think he's going to be a real nice addition. I'm excited to see more of him and, and get a closer look at what he can do. Now you mentioned the name Sonny Gray. My understanding mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. he spent a part of his day today playing ping pong with Jim Day. Is that correct? Ping pong, yeah, yeah. Yes, that, well, somewhat correct. It was yesterday, but yeah. yeah oh, was, yesterday. I'm sorry. Okay. That, that's okay. That's okay. You're forgiven. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jim pulled him aside. Busy time for Sonny Gray. A lot of bullpen sessions. And uh, Jim, Jim took him away from, from his busy schedule to play him. And some ping pong. Now, there were some cameras present, so I'm assuming this will be a feature we'll see on Fox. And uh, probably one of your broadcasts. But, yeah, Jim Day. Be well, Sunny Gray. Ping pong tables right there at the complex. Good. St- I mean, that's Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I would not shortchange Jim Day. Jim Day was an incredible athlete back in high school, and uh, I would not be surprised if he held his own against Sunny Gray. Two other guys before we got to let you go. Uh, just checking in and putting on a red uniform for the first time. Castellanos and Moustakas. Mike Moustakas looked really good in the cage today. Um, he, it's kind of an interesting thing. Obviously, he's a left-handed hitter, but his first few swings today were right-handed, which was unusual. Uh, he looked fine yeah. right-handed, and then he got in the cage and, and started to swing left-handed, and um, yeah, he, he looked fine. I, uh, you know, I've seen Castellanos around. haven't seen him hit yet. I you, around field to field. I haven't really seen him swing the bat. Looks fine in the outfield. A few drills I saw him. Uh, but it seems like the thing to me, the first thing I noticed, walked into the clubhouse for the first time, and Mike Moustakis, the first day he was there, first day everybody reported, five, six guys gathered around, and Mike Moustakis was just there holding court. And isn't that, yep. you know, when the Reds went out and got him, isn't that kind of what you envisioned? That he would yep. be that kind of yep. well, player? And, and that's exactly what we saw. It was really cool. Well, Thomas, thank you for the update on everything. I, I know uh, coming up on the other side of this uh, commercial timeout and a news break, we're going to have that interview you had with Nick Senzel. But before we take this break, though, very quickly, yes or no, have you seen Senzel working out in the infield at all? Uh, I haven't seen him in the infield at all, no. No, I haven't. Okay. All right. Just curious. But, all right. Well, Thomas, will, uh, will thank you. Enjoy that. the sunshine. All righty, my friend. Thank you, T. All righty, we're going to take a timeout. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. When we come back, we'll have that interview as Tommy Thrall sat down with Nick Senzel on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. The Reds Hall of Fame and Museum presented by Dinsmore. And the Moorline Logger House have teamed up for the second annual Brunch, Brews, and Baseball held Sundays through March the 15th. It's a two-hour experience. Starts at the Logger House for Brunch. Includes a flight of their award-winning beers and heads to the ballpark. You get a tour, get to stop down in the Reds Clubhouse, and so much more around the entire ballpark. For tickets and additional information, visit RedsMuseum.org. As promised... One of the, the, the most interesting players, in my uh, humble opinion, for this Reds franchise here in 2020, and really looking down the road, 
is Nick Senzel. Um, this guy's been the number one prospect in the Reds organization since he was basically drafted out of the University of Tennessee. He has had a bad run of it as far as being able to stay healthy. I think he's only had one season in his professional career where he was able to play from start to finish, and I'm talking about significant stuff. Surgeries, vertigo, last year uh, gets injured. An enormously talented player, a very driven player, very hungry player, the kind of guy you want to have on your team, uh, a winning player, tough. But the bottom line is, is, you know, as Dave Lapham, the analyst of the Cincinnati Bengals, likes to say, and it's one of my favorite terms I've ever heard in my life, the best part and the biggest part and the most important part about ability is availability. So you can have the best talent in the world, but if you can't get on the field, you can't get on the field. So Nick Senzel is now coming back from surgery, trying to get back from where he was uh, at the beginning of last year when he first came up and started playing so well. And Tommy Thrall sat down with him yesterday, and here you have it. Visiting with Nick Senzel, and uh, Nick, I guess first things first, how's the shoulder coming along? Yeah, it feels good. Just been rehabbing it all offseason and progressing good, so... I I'm assuming opening day is kind of your target. You you want to be on the field in the lineup opening day. What do you need to do to make that happen? Follow what they have for me in there. That's about it. That's all I can do. Has it progressed like you thought it would? I'm sure they kind of lay out a plan for you. Has everything kind of gone to plan? Has it gone ahead, uh, maybe ahead of schedule? Uh, no, pretty much as planned. Yeah, as planned. Uh, opening day is a target date, so. Yeah, I should be ready, barring any setbacks. What kind of stuff have you done? Are you up to throwing at this point? Are you, I mean, do, do you feel like you're pretty close to, to being able to do everything you need to do to get ready? Yeah, I, I've done, uh, I'm, I'm clear to do everything. I'm just on a throwing progression. That's about it. How's it change in offseason? I know you kind of look forward as a professional baseball player to an offseason, relax a little bit. Then this kind of throws a wrench in that. What, what, what is an offseason like for you going through this? Uh, well, the last two has been like this, so I haven't really had one uh, the last couple of years. So uh, I think the, the most important thing is uh, you make sure your mind's right. You got to make sure you're, you're you're going into it positively and, and uh, you know uh, strong mentally um, because you know this is this is uh, it's important. This is very important to me, and it's my job, and I have to be ready to to put the work in and, and be ready to play and. The last two offseasons have, have called for rehab, and that's, you know, I've tried to attack it like that as best I can. I feel like you're a pretty mentally tough guy, but like you said, this certainly tests that. How, how, do, you, how do you grind through that? Uh, it's probably been the most trying time the last two years for sure uh, in my life, and I've, been, and I've been through quite a bit. So, um, yeah, it's been tough. I mean, there's been some dark times, some, uh, some times I've had to get through, but, uh, you know, I'm here now, and... Uh, yeah, I'm excited to just be back around everyone and, and playing, playing ball. Is it a support system you have? Is it somebody you, you talk to and, and you know, kind of to help you get through that stuff? Or is it just you find a spot and, and do something that, that makes you feel good? No, probably just for close friends and family. Anytime I have any, anything I want to get off my chest, probably just close friends and family, dad, sister. Does it make you more eager to get on the field? I mean, does it kind of light the fire maybe a little hotter? Yeah, I mean, once once I uh, you know I started seeing more and more guys come in, um, uh, it was exciting to me, and uh, you know just excited to be around everyone, and 
got a lot of good players in this clubhouse, got a lot of expectations for, for the club, and uh, you know, just excited to be a part of it. Let's talk about that. Now in your second season, and this team has some expectations on it, how's that change of mindset coming into a spring? We just got to go out and play. We just got to go out and do our jobs, work hard, and uh, just play like we, we know how to. Uh, you know, expe expectations are great now, but uh, start, still got to go out there and play, and we got to go out there and execute and win. So, uh. When you see moves made and the team going out to bring pieces in, does that kind of get you excited a little bit? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you know, they're doing their uh, they're doing their job to fill fill the the team they they feel like they need to to win ball games. And uh, obviously, looking around, they're really good players that that we uh, acquired. So yeah, it's very exciting. They're you know they're game changing players, and uh, you know they're going to help a lot. So uh, it's very exciting to see to see uh, to see us uh, see, see them as our teammates now kind of a sponge here you, you like to pick other guys brains is there somebody in particular that was brought over that that you're excited to talk baseball with uh i guess i, I would just say all of them i'd say uh i'm sure each 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 one of them has their own uh their own little little kinks here and there and uh, it'd be good to talk to all of them and get to know them and uh you know get to uh get to learn from them and you know talk baseball with them it's a big year for you last year, not just learning a new position, but learning what it's like to be a big leaguer. What's that experience do for you? Uh, I, I think uh, it's more helps with the little stuff, I think. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it was a good first year. It was good to, to get acclimated to, to everything, you know, travel and, you know, living and, you know, scheduling and stuff like that. So, uh yeah, going going into the second year, it's 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 going to be a lot easier. So, uh, you know, uh, last year I was only seven games at AAA. Then I was, it felt like it happened so fast, and it felt like the season was over. Then it was surgery, and then, but uh, you know, this year, uh, you know, I'll have a little bit better feel on things. Center field's obviously a new position for you. Was it was it something you kind of really grew to to love out there? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, it was a it's a very challenging position, and um, yeah, I worked hard to to do my best to. To, to 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 progress in the right direction out there. So uh, all I'm going to do is keep working at it, and uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. So uh, yeah, I'm just going to keep working and, and and give it my best. Nick, I appreciate it. We'll see you out there soon. All right, man. Thanks. All right, we thank Tommy Thrall in that interview. We thank Nick Senzel for taking the time to uh, join it. You know, when, when you listen to that, you, you can really sense uh, some frustration. At least I can in, in the voice of uh, of Senzel. I think he realizes that, uh, you know, it's amazing. You think about the difference for a guy like him one year from right now. A year ago, he's coming into spring training. The expectations for the Reds are not very high. They're very high for him. People are anticipating him being a big part of the team. They wait at the start of the year to bring him up. He got slowed down a little bit with a hamstring injury in spring training. But then once he's getting called up, he knows he's going to play every single day. And, and he is really, the, you know, a, a, a core member of this team in the future. And now here we are, 365 days later. And I'm sure he's looking at everything around him going, wait a minute now. I saw myself as, as a core member of this team. And he may turn out to be a core member of this team and be one of the best players in franchise history. I have no idea. But all of a sudden, you show up in spring training and you start looking around and you heard him acknowledge it. You know, you, you see Akiyama coming coming out. The year Urban's coming off of. Winker's coming back. 
Castellanos is going to play every single day. I mean, he's playing somewhere, left field, right field. He's shining shoes. He's doing something every single day in that lineup. And so now all of a sudden, those spots, and maybe he had an eye that, well, maybe if it doesn't work out in the outfield, maybe I can go back to the infield. Well, now all of a sudden, you got Mustakas playing second base. You got Galvis playing short. You got Suarez playing third. I'd love to see Senzel, though, get it together because, man, he, he is a driven, driven player. Gamer. Like to see him on the field. Back with more in a moment. The Holy Grail Banks and Budweiser, proud sponsors of the Reds' Hot Stove League. Grab your buds for our next live show at the Holy Grail Banks. That will be the night before opening day, March the 25th. We'll have specials on Bud and Bud Light Buckets. That is a Wednesday night, March the 25th. The Holy Grail Banks, Cincinnati's home for sports. All right, we have a few more minutes left. Miss Rowland, you were starting to represent basically this entire room. Yes, I yes. am. So I want to preface this with how exciting this season feels. Yes. You've got a different feeling and all the, all of the changes and what's happening. Even the culture shift, everything is changing and it's fantastic. But it feels like we're being marred by the whole Astros thing. And mm -hmm. I feel like every day yep. something new comes out. And I'm actually kind of proud of the players that are that have names sure. and everybody knows who they are, who are actually starting to come out and give their thoughts on it too. So going into the season, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Where do we go from here? You know, Sherry, it's a great question. I, I don't think anybody knows the answer to that. I'm certainly not smart enough to figure. I mean, it's hard to imagine that 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 this is going to end anytime soon because. Yeah. You know, they, I, I, I saw something the other day where the Astros and, you know, they, okay, they start their season, whoever it's against, it doesn't matter. But then shortly thereafter, they're playing the Yankees. Well, right. now all of a sudden this whole thing's going to come up again, you know, and, and beating the Yankees in the playoffs. And then they'll play Cleveland. And that was a team in 2017 they beat in the division series. Exactly. And there's still a lot of players left from that team. So I have been stunned. Baseball has always been a sport where the players have generally really stuck together and they're extremely reluctant to come out and say anything critical about one another. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. clearly, that has not been the case this week. Because like you said, it seems like every single day it's somebody new. And maybe the biggest shocker of all was Mike Trout, who, you know, by all accounts is, is a, a really – uh, well-spoken, articulate, thoughtful guy, doesn't like to make a lot of waves, not looking for a lot of pub. He's not, you know, doing all the social media, whatever it is. Right. And for him to come out the other day and, and make the comments he made, Big. pretty telling. Yeah, and just looking at where baseball is going and the inconsistencies of what's happening, you know, and what should they have done? And you know what this is, I, I know being from the Reds Hall of Fame and I focus on the history and that kind of thing, but it, it might be worse than the 1919 scandal. Well, you know, I mean, my dad was around for that 1919 scandal. <laughs> so you might want to ask him. He can him tell us about it at the gala. About, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you very well could be right, especially when you consider the, the, the media world we live in now compared to then. Mm -hmm. And it's all over everywhere. You know, my, my fear for baseball is a game that we love and thank the Lord above been able to make an incredible living because of baseball and our family and dad, me, you know, all of us. 
is what's coming next because the Boston thing has not been, you know, officially wrapped up yet. And that's my fear is, is now all of a sudden we have all this going on with the Astros. We're going to get close to opening day. Maybe over the next 30 days, some of that stuff starts to quiet down again. And now all of a sudden, is there going to be this other eruption? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, theoretically, I don't think anybody would be surprised. It's a baseball fan. I don't think anybody would be surprised at all if Boston was doing the exact same thing Houston was doing. Because you have a common denominator in a couple of the participants in the whole deal. You know, so... It would be nice, and it's nice here in Cincinnati that we're not a part of that whole mess. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord, and it's, and it's exciting. It's just so exciting. You said it earlier. The, the, the whole feel of this town is just so different. I mean, I was exercising early this morning and talking to a couple of guys, and, you know, guys that have been lifelong Reds fans, and in the last number of years it's been hard to realistically mm-hmm. feel like, hey, we got something going on. Well, we got something going on. So the next time we're going to convene here at the Holy Grail, Sherry, thank you. Next time will be on March the 25th. There will be Reds Hot Stove League shows still each and every Wednesday for the next five weeks from Goodyear, Arizona. Everybody, thanks for coming out. God bless. Have a good night. Go Redlegs. See you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.